A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask for a sign from the Lord your God. Let it be deep as the netherworld, or high as the sky. But Ahaz answered, I will not ask. I will not tempt the Lord. Then Isaiah said, Listen, O house of David, is it not enough for you to weary people? Must you also weary my God? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you this sign. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall name him Emmanuel. The word of the Lord.
of the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised previously through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The gospel about his son, descended from David according to the flesh, but established as son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness through resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we have received the grace of apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the Gentiles, among whom you are also, who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, to all the beloved of God in Rome, called to be holy. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to Matthew. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his Mar mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quickly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home, for it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. 
All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive a son and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. And how are you? One week to Christmas Eve. Oh, I always get stressed during this time of the year trying to get everything done. We're getting things done. We had our staff party on Christmas, I mean on Friday night, and so it was a little Christmas, so that's one thing done, but we still got so much to do, as I'm sure many of you do. But as we come and we listen to the readings today, God is calling us, first of all, to holiness. You know, called to be holy, it says in the second reading. And then he's calling us, because we're not holy a lot of times, to repent. You shall name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The whole reason Jesus Christ was born was to die for our sins, to save us from our sins. And tomorrow night we'll have our penance service here at 7 o'clock and we'll have the five priests here and I'll do the homily, which I always do on, uh, during Advent and the service will take seven minutes, almost exactly. And then we'll hear confessions because we're just going to reflect on exactly the reading we hear today. He will save his people from their sins. And so, but... We get that. We get that Jesus came to save us from our sins. But we need to be people who receive that in our lives. And so how do you receive this forgiveness of sins? Well, I'll go to confession, Father. Oh, it's so much more than confession. So, 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 so much more than confession. The first thing, the first thing that Jesus Christ ever spoke when he, in his public ministry, it was the first word out of his mouth. Repent, thanks, Ed, the rest of you. I don't know. Who's your pastor? Don't tell anybody who your pastor is. Anyway, you're called and I'm called to repent. Now, repentance is necessary, as you've heard me speak before many times, is necessary for forgiveness. So if we come to confession, you went to confession, like last yesterday, almost we were completely full. I got in there at 3 o'clock, and I did not have one break until 4 o'clock, which excites me. It was fantastic. But again, that's a very rare occurrence here. But the reality is, even if you go to confession, if you do not repent, you're not forgiven. You do not receive what Jesus did for you on the cross. That is the thing that is necessary. So again, we know repentance means I'm going to change my life. It's not going to mean I'm trying, right? We don't say, oh my God, I'm heartily sorry for having offended thee, and I firmly resolve to help thy, I firmly resolve with the help of thy grace to sin no more, is what we say. But we should say, I'm going to really try to sin no more. That doesn't count. If you and I try to sin no more, we're not forgiven. It's a waste of time. You and I must, when we, to be forgiven, we must repent. 
meaning that I am never going to do this sin again because I'm called to be holy. Now, in our weakness, we may fall. But until the intention is there, by the help of your grace, I will sin no more. That's what you say. Again, do our prayers mean anything or are they just a bunch of lies that come out of our mouth? Do you and I believe and mean I will sin no more? No, you don't. Anyway, that should be, should be what we mean, that I'm not going to sin no more. So that means I miss Mass on Sunday. What does that mean if you confess I miss Mass on Sunday? I'll never miss Mass on Sunday again for the rest of my life. I yelled at my husband. What does that mean? I'll never yell at my husband again for the rest of his life. I got drunk. What does that mean? I'll never get drunk for the rest of my life. That's what repentance means. And so that's what's necessary for forgiveness. So when we talk about Jesus coming and being born to save us from our sins, he did his part, but we got to do ours, and that's repentance. It's still what he did for us, not what we do for him, but we got to repent. And again, the second thing of after we repent is, of course, then we got to go to confession because, again, all sin hurts the whole body. Now, again, this has changed throughout the years. In the early church, they didn't believe in confession right away. The only forgiveness was baptism. That's why many people waited until they were on their deathbed before they got baptized. Because if you sinned after baptism, they thought there's no hope for your salvation. You're going to hell. So everybody waited. And then the church says, well, God gave us this power. Let's, let's use the power, but once in a lifetime. And then the three big sins. You know, everyone that goes to confession every other day and they think of all these sins. In the early church, there was just three sins that had to be confessed. The three big sins were what? Murder, adultery, and the deacon heard knows, and apostasy. You kill somebody, you commit adultery. It means you have sex with someone outside besides your spouse. Or you commit apostasy, which means you deny the faith. Those sins were the sins that had to be confessed. Now we have everything. I had a bad thought. I get it. I get it. But in those days, it was a big deal. Because they knew that when you and I sinned, we didn't just have hurt our relationship with God. We hurt the whole body. And so it had to be the whole body that brought forgiveness. So if you committed sin... You had to confess it, but you had to confess it at Sunday at Mass. You would come to Mass, and you would stand right there, and you'd tell everybody you committed adultery. (gasps) And people would say, we knew it, we knew it, we knew it. And then the pastor would come, or the bishop would come, and give you a penance. It was a public penance. And so it was like wearing a hair shirt, fasting bread and water, not just for once, for maybe six months. And then you were not allowed back in church until your penance was done. So you'd stand outside the front of the church and you'd say when people were, because you'd be there every week, of course. And when people would come walking in the church, you'd say, please pray for me. Please pray for me. That's where the penitential rite comes from at Mass. We brought it into the church. But in those days... Nope, you were standing out. You weren't allowed back in church. And then at the vigil or at the uh, baptism of the Lord or epiphany, they would come and bring you back into the church and they'd put you right back there where you confessed. And then they would forgive you. And then there'd be a party. But it was never thought, my sin is just between me and Jesus. 
it was always known that my sin hurts his whole body. So it always had to be a communal forgiveness. And so when we don't do that anymore, we just have the confession part. But you and I got to know that it isn't just about you and Jesus. You always hurt and I always hurt the whole body of Christ. So when I confess, I'm acknowledging that. So I acknowledge as I have repented and now I'm asking forgiveness. And the priest represents God and the whole body. And then the third thing we got to do and know is talk about what we talked about last week. That God is with us. Emmanuel. God just isn't up there. God is here. That's what we believe when Christmas happens. That as God came and lived in Mary for nine months, the same God comes into you and me, as we talked about last week, and lives in us. So again, we have a choice. Paul says, Paul today, a slave of Jesus Christ. I love that line. We can be a slave to Jesus Christ, or we can be a slave to sin. Someone who's a slave to sin just keeps falling again and again and again. They're a slave. They can't do anything. I can't do it, Father. It's impossible. Yep, I know. Or you and I can be a slave of Jesus, which means that the God who lives inside of us that's born in us the day we were baptized, we surrender our lives so fully to him that we don't stop sinning, that he stops sinning, us sinning from within, that he takes control of our life completely. It's grace. It's what he has done for us, not what we have done for him, as I've said a million times. So what do we do? This Christmas, we know that Jesus Christ came to save us from our sins. Tell your faces. Two, that the first thing we got to do to receive that, though, is not two. The first thing we got to do is repent. Never going to do it anymore by your grace. Two, confess, because we hurt the whole body. And three, know that we don't do it ourselves. God is inside of us, and he will do it for us when we truly become his slaves. When we truly say, take control, Jesus. So if you struggled for sin all your life, the same sins again and again, repent. Confess. And now give it to Jesus. Don't try to be better. Don't try again. Just say, Jesus, I can't stop sinning. But you can within me. I give you complete control. Jesus, I am your slave. I'll do whatever you tell me. May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen.